It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host and super fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. Each and every day, I'm going to bring you news, rumors, transactions, everything about the Cincinnati Reds. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump into today's episode. going on Reds fans welcome in to the Lockdown Reds podcast thank you so much for joining me today on today's show we're going to talk about Sonny Ray he made his first start of the spring on Thursday and looked pretty good doing it we're going to talk a little bit about him also had some other observations from the game and want to take a look Joseph Daniel Vado. That's all coming up on today's episode. Before we jump into all of that, though, make sure that you are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and say the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-01594. Comments, questions, reactions, whatever you've got going on this spring. You can text or call the Locked On Reds line. All right, let's start off with this. Thursday, the Reds played the Royals in a full nine-inning game. The first two innings were Sonny Gray's, and Sonny Gray pitched pretty decently. Looked like he was in some solid form. And it's intriguing because his post-game interview, he revealed, I think, what we all kind of know. When it comes to spring train, when it comes to veteran pitchers like Sonny Gray, like Luis Castillo, like Tyler Malley, guys who their spot in the rotation is pretty much solidified before they even get going. So they have a little bit of a different approach than most of the other pitchers that we're seeing. I don't know if you if you watched all or well you didn't watch it was on radio but if you listened all the way through the game in the ninth inning the Reds had a minor league dude come out Dowry Moretta which you can check out Doug Gray's piece on RedsMinorLeagues.com kind of talking a little bit about different minor league guys who are getting some looks Moretta came in and struck out the side yeah you can say this that the other about who he was actually pitching against but it was nice to see. But but Sonny Gray looked pretty good as well, and his approach is different from that of a Dowry Moretta because he can work on stuff. He can add something to his game. He can see if it's worth adding to his game, and he kind of talked a little bit about that in the post game. Yeah, it was good. Um, through I threw a lot of strikes. I uh, my breaking stuff was sharp. Um, there was a couple – I think there was like probably like four or five pitches that I just completely missed on. Uh, it's just one of those things that I'm kind of – I'm constantly trying – I'm trying to just – I've got a few different thoughts going on when it comes to like type of pitches, you know, currently that we're, that we're messing with. So a few things I'm trying to just kind of like work, work on here early. Um, and then just to – just aside from there, like whether we're going to take it in, in – you know, input it into, into the game plan or whether we're not. Uh, so there's just a few working parts that I, that we're going to focus on here early. 
um, and, and just see kind of how it plays out. Let's continue to to try and um, and and do a few things. But overall, I thought I felt. I, I mean, I I felt better in the first inning than I did the second. But I mean, that's to be expected. Um, you know, early on, it's it's going to be just kind of get out there, get on the mound. Um, I, I do love to compete, but early I'm, I am I, I am intentionously intentionally trying to just you know make sure everything's clicking make sure you feel right get it built up to three or four innings and then I guess later in the spring try and try and put together like you know two maybe three like high intent practice for the season starts and early just kind of um, be competitive out there but also you know also continued to try and work a few things here and there. Sonny Gray faced seven batters in his two innings, i.e. one more than the minimum. He gave up a solo home run to one guy, and he got six outs. It was a pretty nice little outing for him, and kind of like he mentioned, he was working on some stuff. I'm guessing one of those pitches he missed was that home run that he gave up, and that's where it come, it becomes a little interesting to evaluate veteran pitchers in spring training because guys like Sonny Gray know where their role is, and you heard him say you know, he's he'll have two or three starts where he really focuses on competing, where he really focuses on building his confidence for the season, and the rest of the time he's just working out stuff. The rest of the time he's making sure he's got his feel for all his pitches. And so that's a lot of what you saw on Thursday night. It, it, it's also interesting from the standpoint of Sonny Gray's coming off a turbulent offseason, not because of anything he did, but because he was constantly in the news for rumors, rumors that he didn't ask for. It's not as if he went to Nick Crawl and said that he would like to go somewhere else. In fact, as you'll hear in this clip, he, he loves being in Cincinnati, but he is coming into a season in which he's had to deal with an off-season full of rumors of him going somewhere else. Um, I mean, you you always – it feels like kind of going into off-season, my name just kind of gets floated around there, um, you know, over and over. And in ways, like when you feel like you've kind of – you're at a place where you feel – where, you know, where you feel comfortable and you feel like you're making some progress and you feel like the team's going in a direction um, – you know, to, to, to win and, and, and be successful as a, as a whole group, as a whole organization, it can definitely get frustrating at times. Uh, probably went through some, some, you know, some parts where you're like, oh, it's okay. Like, it's not going to happen. It's just kind of, it's just kind of one of them things that, that has to happen. And then, and then probably some frustration as well, kind of saying like, really, like, like, like why, like, like, like why? And then you kind of go, well, at least you're wanted. At least people want you. At least you want to, you know, at least teams want want to trade for you. So um, it can be over the course of an offseason, a little bit of waves of emotion as much as you try to as much as I, I guess, tried to like remove myself from um, from it, you know, just kind of completely like take it out of your life and and kind of just continue to, to you know, go go through your offseason or go through your winter and just be around your kids, be around your family and just um you know, just, just, just be a dad and be a husband. And, but there are, your name gets thrown around there and it's just when, you know, you go somewhere and, and people just say, Hey, do you think you're going to do this? I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I'm trying to just, I'm trying to just not have it 
surround and consume my life right now because there's really nothing I can do. Um, so it can get a little frustrating and it was frustrating at, frustrating at times because like I said, it pissed me off a little bit. not going to lie to you. Um, but at the same time, like I have no ill, ill feelings towards anything. I completely understand the, like I said, it was nice to be wanted. Um, and it's nice to be, to be here. I, I do love it here. I do like it here. Um, I like the people that are here. I like, um, I like kind of where we're at, but it, it can get frustrating, especially, like I said, when you feel like you're, you're at a place where, um, you know, you feel like you're, you're kind of, kind of starting to go in a direction that you, you, I know it was, it was a different season and it was 60 games, but there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of different waves of, of, of emotion. There was a lot of different things for, for everyone, not only for myself, but for our team, for our country, for, I'm sure for you guys as well. It was just a lot, you know, it was just a lot to go through in such a, in, in, in a, in a year, um, you know, to, to feel wanted, um, was, you know, so like I said, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel different ways about it, but coming into here, I feel, you know, I, I am excited to be here. I love Sonny Gray. I, I love the fact that he's a red. I love that he is at the top of this rotation with Luis Castillo. And I, I'm happy that they were just rumors. I'm happy that they were just rumblings and grumblings and nothing more than that. But you definitely got to feel for him. You, you got to kind of sympathize a little bit with any player, not just Sonny Gray, but with any player who has to deal with all that because these dudes are human beings too. These dudes go through all of the same emotions. Like imagine if the job that you currently had was looking to trade you to another state, maybe I mean, maybe at the same job, but a completely other state because it would benefit them more and not necessarily considering your individual uh, wants, your individual needs, anything like that. It's just based on the team. Okay, you probably go through an adult moment where you're just like, well, you know, we got to be responsible about this and blah, blah, blah. But personally, you'd probably be pretty frustrated. Just like Sonny Gray is. I love the fact, I mean, obviously, I, I am not questioning one bit whether he is ready to go, whether he is excited to be a Red. He is obviously excited to be a Red. I just feel for him that he had to go through all that this offseason. And that's something that's got to be on the back of his mind. Hopefully, it's something that he can completely put away and go out there and pitch like a Cy Young Award candidate that he is. And speaking of Cy Young Award candidates and different things like that, the odds are up on betonline.ag as far as who they think is going to win the Cy Young. Jake DeGrom has the top odds, the uh, the shortest odds, the best odds, to win the NL Cy Young. Sonny Gray is actually 20th on the list, plus 3,300. I think that's a bit of a value. Sonny Gray is a very talented pitcher, and it, I didn't have the entire interview uh, from the post game for reasons there, but he's talking about working on different pitches so that he has a pitch that breaks every direction and he can throw in any situation. He is a guy that I would look for at that value. And if you're with me, if you're thinking that Sonny Gray at plus 3,300 to win the NL Cy Young is a tantalizing bet to put a couple of bucks down on, go to betonline.ag and set up a profile today. When you do that, type in the promo code locked on. You'll get 50% more on your first deposit. So whatever you put in there, they're going to give you half more just for typing in locked on. That's betonline.ag and the promo code locked on. 
After you're done listening to the Locked On Reds podcast today, I urge you, go check out Locked On Today. Peter Bukowski takes a look at the sports world, all of it, and brings the best news stories for you each and every day. Locked On Today, wherever you get your podcasts. So with Sonny Gray, there were some interesting pitching performances. Brandon Finnegan continues to impress. Now, I'm not saying that he is inserting his name into the plans. And for the most part, he has been completely just forgotten when it comes to the plans of the Cincinnati Reds, or at least in the view of the fans. I mean, raise your hand if you still remember that Brandon Finnegan was even on the team. He is doing some work, man. He's got his breaking pitches moving. He has got his fastball in the mid-90s, and he's confident out on the mound. It is something that is fun to watch and to listen about. Hopefully, he can continue this resurgence and become part of the plans in some way. I, I, I figure that he's probably looking at a bullpen role. I think it'd be a huge jump. Like I, I think that Jose De Leon is a uh, dark horse to make the rotation. If he's a dark horse, Brandon Finnegan is like on the other racetrack. He, he's, he's kind of a ways off for any sort of rotation spot, but he could definitely be an option out of the bullpen for the Reds. And it's been fun to kind of see at least a little bit of success. And, and, and you could definitely say, well, you know, it's against minor leaguers and major leaguers, not necessarily guys who are ready to go. These, these aren't guys in midseason form that are top of their game, major league ball players. But at the same time, you still got to execute. You still got to make your pitches. And he's been doing that. So hopefully he continues to do that the rest of this spring. And it's been encouraging to see. And then when you look at the hitting side of things, something that I want to talk about a little bit here is Joey Votto. One thing that we all question during the offseason is can he continue the run of success that he enjoyed during that period of games after he was benched? We all know the story. Before he was benched, he was barely a passable player, barely replacement level. And then in the games following his multi-game benching by David Bell, he came back a little bit. You know, now he wasn't Joey of old, but he was Joey that was good. Joey that you could count on to get in there and get a couple of hits. He was getting back to being Joseph Daniel Votto. He was definitely not Joseph Daniel Votto in the first like month, month and a half of the season. So we all question, okay, how does he take that and continue it in 2021? Something interesting, if you watch him and if you listen to Jeff Brantley and Tommy Thrall talk about him on the broadcast, when he gets into the batter's box, when he is standing in there waiting for the pitch, he's standing tall, straight up. I mean, he is a rail now. Remember a couple of years ago where it was like almost hard to watch? He was trying to shrink his strike zone, and he was trying to choke up a lot on the bat, trying to make it very hard for the pitcher to make their pitch, and trying to make it very easy for him to catch a mistake pitch. But in the end, he really hurt himself doing that. He sapped his power. He even mentioned this in an offseason interview. You know, he he sapped his power. He got way too over-focused about swinging at only the perfect pitches to swing at, that pitchers stopped fearing him. Pitchers stopped worrying about what they were throwing him, and they just started throwing strikes. Not necessarily strikes that he could do anything with because he really wasn't setting himself up for success in that area. 
So now he's completely different. Dude is standing straight up in the box. He's gripping down on the bat. He doesn't have that weird choke-up grip that he has been doing over the last couple of years. And he's got a really powerful-looking swing. Now, it's, you know, you're going to sit there and say, well, Jeff, he ain't hit no home runs yet. But on the other end of the spectrum, this is the kind of stuff that sets him up to continue what he did at the end of 2020. I'm going to be interested to see how he does. I still think his optimal spot in the lineup is batting sixth. I don't want to see him batting second as much as he did last season. I felt like David Bell just kept putting him in the number two spot in the lineup hoping that eventually he would be that guy, hoping that eventually Joseph Daniel Votto would return. And he kind of did here and there, but it was super inconsistent and super few and far between. So I think if you put him in the sixth spot, you take pressure off of Joey, you take pressure off of the lineup to make up for Joey not necessarily being Joseph Daniel Votto anymore. And when he is, it's just gravy, baby. And that's what we're looking for. And, and actually, too, when I think of Joey and when I think of the return of Joseph Daniel Votto, I look at a hot take, a bold prediction, something that I'm going to give you guys uh, over the remaining course of this spring training. I, I thought about doing like a whole episode of bold predictions, but that just feels ridiculous. So we're going to spread them out. And here is bold prediction number one. You can write this down. Because it's it's bold, I know, that's the point. I'm not talking about something that makes sense. I'm not talking about something that looks easy. I'm talking about something that I think can happen and I think can really launch the Reds to where they want to be. But I'm not sitting here and saying to you that this is plausible. It's possible, but it's not something that I would bet on. All right, I'm tying myself into a mental pretzel here. But here, here's the bold prediction. Bold prediction number one, it's related to Joey Votto. Joey Votto will finish the 2021 season with an OPS above 130. Now, I know there's lots that goes into that, whether it be batting average, on-base percentage, on-base plus slugging, all that good stuff. Lots of things go into the OPS plus. That's why I'm saying that, because as an all-inclusive hitting statistic, I think it's the kind of easy way to say he's going to have a good year. It's the one-stop shop, if you will, of saying that Joseph Daniel Votto will be Joseph Daniel Votto. And I think he is going to finish the year with an OPS plus of 130 or greater. Now, I know that that is a thing that he hasn't done for a few years. In fact, since his 2017 season, when he should have been the National League MVP, he has had OPS pluses of under 130. In 2018, it was 126. In 2019, it was 96. And in last season, it was 110. I think he can still put together a really good year. Now, we're not talking about a Vatoin, Vatoian type of season like he used to have with an OPS plus of the 160s and the 170s and just going absolutely bonkers. But I think having an OPS plus of 130 or greater will be phenomenal and it will be something that will launch this team toward my big, bold prediction that I will give you here in a couple of episodes, something that we'll be talking about as we go along. Think of uh, think of the big bull prediction as the Avengers, and, and, and this was just uh, Iron Man 1. 
I, I'm leading you up to it. By the way, if you're a Marvel fan and you haven't watched WandaVision, what are you doing? The series finale was today, and it was phenomenal. Go check it out. I, I'm a huge Marvel guy. I, I love Star Wars. I love Marvel. Yes, I know, outside of the baseball, I'm kind of a nerd. Maybe with the baseball, I'm kind of a nerd. Whatever. But this is just bold prediction number one. Joey Votto will have an OPS plus of 130 or greater. I've got some more for you. You heard one of them already. So I guess maybe that was like the Hulk. I don't know. But whatever. You heard one of them already on the NL Central Division Roundtable when I said that A. Eugenio Suarez will finish the year as the best third baseman in the NL Central. And it definitely it definitely got some of those guys like, uh, what? Like, what are you talking about? Nolan Arenado and all this other stuff. Have you seen? Gino is in amazing shape, man. He cut down some weight. Dude is looking good. When they say best shape of his life, I mean, I, like Doug Gray said, you know, he's not he's not a spry 20-something anymore, but at the same token, dude looks cut, ready to go, ready for a long season and ready for some success. So I don't think I'm far off from the point here. I think Gino, so yeah, okay, I gave you two bold predictions today, whatever. We're giving you one per episode moving forward, but that's going to get you started, and that's going to lead you into this weekend. So remember, mark them down, Joey Votto 130, plus in the OPS plus department and Gino's going to be the best third baseman in the division again I said these are bold I'm, I'm not sitting here and making obvious predictions because why would you want to listen to an obvious prediction then it's definitely not bold all right that'll do it for us here today thank you so much for listening this week here on the Locked On Reds podcast coming up next week we got a lot of good stuff for you division day next Wednesday going to be talking to Lucas Smith from the Locked On Cardinals podcast. So, yeah, by the way, talking about best third baseman in the division, I'm guessing that's going to be a subject with him. That's next Wednesday on Division Day. And then also next week, Brandon Bailey returns to the podcast as we will be talking about his experience now going through Tommy John surgery a second time. I appreciate him wanting to talk about this. It's going to be a great episode. You're going to really enjoy it. The best way to not miss any of that is to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But again, thank you for downloading and listening. That'll do it for us here today. I will talk to every single one of you next week. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 